I was going to mention earlier that um, if anybody wants to go over to the fellowship hall after service, I'll unlock it and you can go in and look and see what, what's happened so far. And um, I just want to, um, you know, Dylan's not here this morning, but I want to thank him for helping coordinate um, with uh, Wesley Riley, who's, who's done the work. And, and uh, JB is going to work on our island. And uh, so thankful for our trustees and, and board who have been helpful. And uh, just uh, continue to pray for us as we go through that project. If you'd like to go by and see, just let me know and I'll, I'll unlock it. And we, and we can take a look at it. Um, just so thankful this morning for God's word today. And for the book of Revelation. Um, I, we're going to look at Revelation 16 today. And I'll probably look at it next Sunday too. Because what, what better thing to talk about um, Jesus' death and resurrection than, than to talk about... Um, his second coming and, and what that means. And uh, just, uh, you know, we, we may take a break for Easter Sunday and talk about the resurrection. Um, but the book of Revelation is, is primarily about the glory of Jesus Christ. Christ glorified and how he brings an end, a closing to history, so that this age will end and the new age of Christ will come in. And uh, what a glorious time that's going to be, folks. And yes, those who um, have sinned will have to pay the price. Th those who have rejected Christ will have to pay the price for their rejection. But at every turn, God is giving them every single opportunity to return their hearts to Him. So I want to read to you Revelation 16 today. This has to do with the seven bowls of God's judgment. And it says this, then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the earth. And harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his blood into the sea. And it became like blood of a corpse. And every, every living thing died in that, in that was the, in the sea. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and springs of water. And they became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, Just as you are a holy who is and who was, for you brought, um, for you brought these judgments. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets. And you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. <clears throat> and I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. And it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give glory to and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three un unclean spirits like frogs. 
But they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that they may not go about naked and, and be seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place that, is, that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake, such as there had never been since man was on the earth, so great was that earthquake. The great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and God remembered Babylon the great, to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found. And great hailstones, hailstones about 100 pounds each, fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plague of the hail, because the plague was so severe. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you'd help us to understand your word, to understand these difficult things, Father. These sound terrible. These sound angry, Lord. But God, we know that your righteousness, your goodness will not allow evil to continue on in this world. Because you are a good and loving God, you will not let your saints be destroyed by wickedness. And help us, God, to trust in you more and more through these things. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Many of us know people, perhaps <clears throat> our neighbors or, or our family, maybe a co-worker, who is in, in, engaged in some sort of self-destructive behavior. Whether it be partying, people on the party scene, and, and we know that they're getting drunk on the weekends and, and staying drunk on the weekends. And, and, and all kinds of, they're doing all kinds of damage to their body and those kinds of, of things. And, um, you know, just a self-destructive behavior. I remember my grandfather, you know, he was, he was an alcoholic for many years. And dur during the week, you know, he, he worked hard in, in, in uh, the coal mines. And then he worked in a, a rock quarry, too, later on. And, he, and he, he worked hard for his family during the week. But when Friday night came until... Sunday night, he, 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 was, he was a drunk. And it was self-destructive behavior. And, uh, you know, he wasn't addicted like some other people get with alcohol. And he always told my mom, he said, when I think it's hurting me, I'll quit. <laughs> well, one day in 1979, he took a beer bottle and poured it out and said, you'll never see me drink this again. And I think that was prayer, too. Um, but anyway, it was self-destructive behavior. We see people, you know, every day on the news, you know, caught up in, in the world of drugs and, 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 and they're destroying their bodies. And we see that on the news, the police records, we see the violence going on. Again, again people, people against each other, uh, gang violence and those kinds of things. The world is, is um, ultimately um, engaged in, in all sorts of evil, but that evil is, is ultimately self-destructive. You're harming other people. You're harming yourselves. Evil and, and sinfulness um, 
you know, are, 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 those things are, are self-destructive. They're destroying themselves, and a lot of people don't even see it, and don't even wake up to it. They're, they're just living their lives the way they want to, without, without any kind of moral restraint, without any kind of thought, that, that their minds are darkened and, and warped. And, and we see people involved in that kind of self-destructive behavior all the time. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, you know, and this is what, what God teaches us in His Word, that but for the grace of God go I. In other words, every human being has a sinful nature within them that, that, that is causing them to fall away from, from God who is the source of life. And, and, and if it were not for finding Christ in our lives and finding Him real in our lives, we, we would not have any kind of salvation from, from that darkness that, 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 that is over all people. And I think this is one of the main points that the book of Revelation is making here. Yes, God is going to judge sin, and, and, and the wrath that He's pouring out here are judgments. But what God is doing here, He's trying to get people to wake up and turn to Him. Before the final ending judgment comes. Because what's going to happen is, when that seventh bowl is poured out, it talks about the beast and the false prophet calling all nations together into the valley of Armageddon not to fight against God. I don't think that's what's happening here. That They're not coming to fight against God. He's bringing them to, 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 to this place where they're going to battle each other, destroy each other, and therefore wipe out God's goodness on the earth. The, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet, that unholy trinity that we talked about, are going to convince the people of the world to come to the valley of Armageddon for this final horrific conflict and it's because the devil wants to destroy humanity he wants to destroy God's creation and 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 he, he wants them, he wants humanity to destroy each other it is the collapse of evil but God's goal is always to save I believe now what we're seeing here with these seven bowls is, is really the same set of judgments, but, but God is, is um, revealing to, to John in a more intense way what's going to happen in, in, in this period. Some people look at Revelation like, you know, you've got the seven seals, then you've got the seven trumpets, then you've got the seven bowls, and that, that there's a linear progression here. I, I don't think that's quite what's happening. The, the seven seals were an overview of the whole period from Christ until the... the, the from the first coming of Christ until the second coming. And I think the seven trumpets are um, pronouncements of God's um, judgment against the world. And, and within that, that time period, we're given a small scroll that shows what's happening to the saints during this period. As God is pouring out His wrath on, on the people of the earth, you know, the, the saints are being persecuted at the same time during this, during, during this period. But, but when God pours out His judgment in response to the martyrdom of the saints, the saints are sealed, that the saints that are left on earth that haven't been killed or martyred are sealed by God's Holy Spirit. They're protected, and He pours out His judgments 
on, on the people of the earth, th those who have rejected God. So by, by the time we get to chapter 12, what we're seeing again is, is um, a recounting of this period again, the ancient battle um, that, that really goes back to Genesis with the promise of the woman who would have a child that, that would crush the head of the serpent and the serpent would strike at his heel. That is a reference to um, Mary bringing forth the Christ child. And, and, and in this scene, the woman is representative of the nation of Israel. And, and uh, the seed, of course, is Jesus Christ. And it talks about how that ancient serpent, the Revelation calls, uses the term dragon, for this, it's the same thing. The devil, who represents the devil, tries to destroy the Christ child to take him out. And the Easter season celebrates Jesus' death on the cross, but especially His resurrection. Because, as Revelation says, this child was caught up to heaven by God. And, 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 and in that, there was an ancient battle that took place in which the devil and his angels were cast down to the earth. They no longer had any place in heaven. And His fury and wrath, of the, the fury and wrath of, of this dragon the devil is being poured out on the earth. And so he goes after the saints and, and martyrs them. He goes after the people of God, the saints and the, and the, and, and the prophets, it's, it talks about here. And, and seeks to destroy them. And, and the people of the earth think that this, this beast that comes up out of the sea, this, this agent um, who, is, uh, who becomes the ruler of the earth, during this, this, these last few days um, on, on earth, this last period. He comes and, and He rules um, the entire earth. People give Him power and they worship Him. The people of the earth worship Him as if He is a God. And, 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 and they promise to, to take His mark. And so, so they commit themselves to Him. And, and, and this whole mark thing is a mockery of, of God's Holy Spirit that He places on, on the believers. And so now what we're seeing is God um, responding to what um, this beast has done on the earth. It, 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 it's getting more and more descriptive of what's happening. Of the, you know, it's not just a progression. It's getting more and more specific about what's happening. He's, 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 he's describing the same events, but, but now they're more intense. And he, he's trying to give um, um, uh, people a better idea of what's happening. And that, that's the way sort of Revelation is working here. You know, you've got a, a spiraling down, so to speak. The same time period, but you have the big overview, then you've got a, a window into the judgments that are happening, and now you've got the great, the great push at the end, what that looks like. More, more specific, more intense, and then the end's going to come. <laughs> so what's happening here is, is that these seven bowls are, are very similar to what happens with the seven trumpets. That they're, they're, they're like the plagues of Egypt as well. And John is, is, is recounting them in more specific detail, more intensified detail here. So it's not a brand new set of judgments. It's, it's the same judgment, but he's, he's repeating them with intensity. And he tells them, you know, the first angel pours out his bowl on the earth, on the people, and great sores break out on them. He pours out, the second angel pours out his bowl on the, on the sea and it turns to blood just like the river Nile 
turned to blood when, um, when uh, Moses uh, struck it with, with the rod of God. The third angel pours out his, his uh, bowl onto the rivers and they turn to blood as well. And this is where I think that the focus is not so much on, on these judgments as much as it is the reason for these judgments. And so verse 5 says this, And I heard an angel in charge of the waters say, Just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. For they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord, God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. So why is God pouring out all of this on the people of the earth? And remember, people of the earth is not talking about everybody on the planet. It's talking about people who have held to this material world instead of giving themselves over to God. It's, it's sort of... Um, a, a metaphor for people who have rejected God. All those who have rejected God are, are, are receiving these punishments. The reason he's doing this is, is why? Because verse 6, they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. God is paying the wicked, the wicked people, the wicked oppressors back for the evil that they have perpetrated against those who have given themselves over to God. And remember the word saint simply means someone who has um, been saved, who has been set apart, someone who has given themselves over to God, who, ha who has accepted Christ as his Savior. A saint is not someone, uh, as the Catholics will say, uh, someone who has performed uh, three miracles and somebody who has... Uh, lived a perfectly holy life and has um, taken their vows and those kinds of things. That's not a saint. Is just someone, just like you and me, who believes in Jesus Christ, who has given their hearts over to Him, who have, who have asked Him to forgive them, them them of their sins, and have therefore received the cleansing power of God over the sins in their lives. A saint is someone who has, who is who is a believer in Jesus Christ who has dedicated their life to Him. And of course, the prophets represent the Old Testament, those God specifically set apart to proclaim His word to the people, telling them to repent and come to God because He loved them. But if you continue on your path, you're going to be destroyed. The wicked people of the earth did not want to hear that truth from the saints, or the prophets, they didn't want to hear about God and His salvation. They didn't want to hear about, about their sinfulness and their darkness and their deeds. And that they needed to be put away. So what did they do? They, they, they killed the saints, they killed the prophets because they were giving the message of God. And now God in response to that is giving them blood to drink. <laughs> These judgments are in response to what they have done to other people. But even in, in, the, in this, and we've talked about this before, even in this, God limits His, judge, His judgments. He doesn't just wipe out the people of the earth in, in, in one great swath in, in, in a moment of heated anger. 
what he does is he sends these as punishments, hoping that they will turn and give him glory. And, 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 and that is what God is doing. He, this is the push, the final push for them to give their lives over to the truth of God. You have lived in a pattern of sin. You have lived in a pattern of violence. You've lived in a pattern of, 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 of wickedness to your own detriment and to your own self-destruction. Now I'm pouring these out so that you will wake up. You're going to have painful sores. You're going to see uh, blood in the water. You, you, you're not going to even be able to drink it because of how tainted it is. But those who have given over to God in Christ are, are being protected in this period. And God is, is doing this in response to the martyred saints, the people that they have killed. He says here in verse 6, it is what they deserve. And verse 7 says, And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord God the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. Now it says the altar here, if you remember back in chapter 7, that there were saints who were martyred, who were beneath the altar of God, crying out for justice because of what's, what, what happened to them. They were, crying, they were asking God to, to complete his, his work, to complete His justice, and, and, and do what He promised to do to, to avenge His people because only God is the avenger. God says that, um, you know, vengeance is mine, I will repay. The people who were martyred, who were faithful to God, who, who were killed because of their testimony, who made their, their robes white for Him, they're, they're the ones crying out from the altar. And so this voice from the altar are, the, are these that are crying out, Yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. In other words, the people who were crying out in chapter 7 are now finally satisfied with God and, and the judgment that he is, he is pouring out on, on people. But even in, again, even in this judgment that He's pouring out, God doesn't just wipe them out with one clean, clean sweep. He's pouring out a judgment after judgment, just like the plagues of Egypt in the Old Testament. Why, why did God send Moses to Pharaoh to perform these signs? In order to free and save his people, number one. Number two, each one of those plagues that Moses performed was to get, get Pharaoh and the people of Egypt to give God glory to understand who he was. Pharaoh thought that he was God because he had all the power on earth through, you know, through his position, through the Egyptian empire. He thought that he was it. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and with each plague, he, he refused to bow down until finally the death plague came. But God was trying to give Pharaoh the chance to do the right thing over and over again. And Pharaoh refused to do it until, until the very last moment. And even then, at, at, after um, Pharaoh's son was taken by the death angel, it says, Pharaoh, after he let the people go, he got mad again and tried to pursue them. And then the flood came the, red, the waters of the Red Sea came and wiped Pharaoh out. 
But God, through each one of those ten plagues in, in Egypt, was trying to get Pharaoh and, and the people to understand that God was the one that was in control and that He was the one who made all things. The things that they were worshiping were, were just wood and stone and, and could do nothing. You see, you know, they're, they're, the, Egyptian, the Egyptians worshipped all these things as gods. That, you know, one of the plagues was a, was a plague of flies. The reason that they worshipped flies is because they, the, the flies tend to, tend to appear out of nowhere. So, so they must have the power of life and death in them. Because, because we, we don't see their eggs, we don't see them reproducing. They just seem to appear out of nowhere. So they thought they had the power of life, so they must be gods. There was a plague of frogs in Egypt, where the frogs kept coming up out of the river. Well, they, they never saw the tadpoles in the river. The frogs just seemed to appear out of anywhere. <laughs> so they thought the frogs were gods. They thought that the river Nile was a god. They thought the sun was a god. And, and he was the king of the gods, Ra. But what does God do? He causes darkness to fall on their kingdom. He strikes the sun and darkness falls on, on the kingdom of Egypt. That was one of the plagues. At every time God was trying to get Pharaoh to recognize that God is God and that He is above all things and that He is even greater than me and yet Pharaoh refused to give God glory. And then God showed that I have the power of life and death, Pharaoh. And just as the Egyptians had killed the firstborn of the Israelites, God kills the firstborn of the Egyptians. And it's only then that Pharaoh relents and lets the people go. That's what's happening here. Each one of these judgments um, kind of mirrors what happened in, in, in the days of Moses. And, and God is, is using each one as, as a, an announcement, a knock on the door, so to speak. Turn to me. And yet these people, it says, they refuse to give God glory. And, and, and they refuse to repent of their sins. What a sad, sad state to be in. And so in, in the end... What happens is they, they listen to the beast and the false prophet and, 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 and the dragon who rules, you know, who rules over them. They, they, they are tricked and pulled into coming into the valley of Armageddon where you know, they're about to engage in war. And I can't think of anything more self-destructive than war. Well, I'm, I'm talking about humanity as a whole here. There's nothing more, more evil than, than to be caught up in war. And that's not to say I, I, I don't appreciate our military. It's not, not, not to say I don't, I, I don't think we should um, give up defending ourselves or defending our interests or defending a democracy if we need to fr 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 from those who would oppress people through war. But war is still the ultimate evil regardless. And so, the people of the earth who had, who had turned away from God and who have cursed His name come together to the valley of Armageddon led by the, the dragon and, and the false prophet 
and, and, and they're dragged into this war, great war with each other that was about to bring, for, bring about their, their destruction. It was self-destruction. What we're seeing in the book of Revelation is not just God destroying people, it's people destroying themselves. And I think that matches with the whole character of God throughout the Scripture. What He wants to do is bring people to salvation. To help people to understand that He alone is God. That He has a way for us to be redeemed. That is through the Son, Jesus Christ. And one of the things that He says here in verse 15, a kind of a little break in the action, it says this, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that they may not go about naked and be seen exposed. In other words, throughout all the, the, these terrible things um, that are happening, throughout, throughout this, this, this great destruction that's happening, God gives a little break in the action to tell John, John, tell him this, tell him I'm coming like a thief. I'm coming at an hour you do not expect. I'm sneaking into the world. <laughs> I'm coming. And if you are a saint, if you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, be sure that you keep your garments on and keep them bright. <laughs> Nakedness is, is a uh, metaphor for sin. And when God's judgment comes and, and, and He sees us, and He sees our... If, if we're still caught up in our sins then he sees our nakedness and, 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 and we're exposed before him there is nothing that escapes God's sight no, no sin no evil that escapes his sight and we as saints had better be ready for when he comes because we do not know the hour the time or the place that, that this is going to happen God is coming like a thief To, to break into this world again, to, to uh, take His people, to take away all, all the wickedness, all, 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 all the greed, all, all, all of the, the violence, everything. He's, he's, all that's going to be swept away, and only God's goodness and love and righteousness are going to reign. And the question, again, that I've asked week after week is still the same. Are you on the winning team today are you on the winning team because Christ is coming back in all of his glory he is going to reign supreme and he is ultimate goodness and love have you given your heart and life to Jesus today I'm going to ask Michael if you'll find an appropriate song to play and let's stand <laughs>